You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're tuning in to episode 152 of the Well Woman podcast. Thank you so much for making this time to tune in. I hope you're going to enjoy this episode all about your cervix whilst you're on your drive, your walk, you're making dinner, whatever it is that you're doing, you're in for a treat. This is the episode about discovering your cervix 101. The cervix is something, it's a part of your body as a born female that is so vitally important. It's a gateway, it's transformational, it's an open space that really connects us with the root of who we are. And to dive deep into this topic, I'm joined by the amazing Quidist Ashe. Now, the reason why I reached out to Quidist is she's one of very few cervix educators out there. She's also a clinical herbalist a certified childbirth educator and birth worker, and has a policy advocate serving people in their reproductive health lives from menstruation right through to menopause. She's a co-owner and founder of Ashe Living. She runs successful individual and group coaching programs to support people with holistic approaches to challenges, including dysmorphia, PCOS, endometriosis, hormonal imbalances, and much, much more. Now, she has supported hundreds of families through pregnancy and birth, and Quidditch advocates for both body literacy and autonomy. And she also walks with families looking to reclaim power and healing in birth and postpartum and advocates for policy that supports these rights. So in this episode with Quidditch, we really explore what the cervix is. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a part of our body that most of us are disconnected from and we, and we don't even know that it exists. If you're anything like me, I didn't discover my cervix until I was in my late 20s. I'm very disappointed that I didn't discover it earlier. So in this episode, you're going to get a complete walkthrough of this. We talk about what the cervix is and why it's so important to understand and know as part of your health. We chat really briefly about pinpointing ovulation and the cervix role in that. We look at returning our relationship to our cervix and how we can reconnect with our cervix. We explore the nervous system and its relationship with the cervix and how these two things are very well closely connected. We also open up and have really good chats about supporting your cervix in the way that we can learn to open our cervix and connect with our cervix. We chat about Kegels and yoni eggs and whether they support your cervix or don't support your cervix. And to wrap up the whole conversation, we explore how you can actually look at your own cervix if you feel really called to do so and it's in alignment with you. And we wrap it up lastly with how you can connect with your cervix. Quidditch gives us some really beautiful tips on how we can do that and how you can start to connect with your cervix today so that you can reform your relationship with your cervix and awaken so much within yourself. So I trust you'll enjoy this episode as much as I did chatting with Quidditch. We will be having her back on the show to explore a few other topics that we briefly touch on in this episode. And of course, if you'd like to check her out whilst we're going through the episode, I strongly recommend you head over to Instagram and look at thewombroom.com. That's thewombroom.co on Instagram. 
Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Kittest, welcome to the Well Woman podcast. Thank you so much, Gemma. I'm so honored to be here. Excited to talk with you. Thank you. I'm super honored that you are joining us all the way from beautiful Oregon in Mm -hmm. America to talk about a topic to do with the woman's body and the woman's entire makeup that uh, when I first discovered the cervix, I was like, holy fuck, this thing moves and it has a little world and life of its own. How do we not know about this? So thank you for being like a leader in this education. Mm, Thank you. I love to geek out on cervix and and find other women who are as excited to discover this part of our body and our inner worlds yeah me too now before we jump into it first question I ask every guest tell us what day of your menstrual cycle are you on and how are you checking in Mm, I am on day 15 and I just ovulated with the full moon. I don't think I've ever ovulated on day 14 before, you know, like the medical textbook standard. So I was like, oh, that's kind of funny uh, with this cancer full moon. And I am feeling uh, pretty high energy, like lots of swirly ideas and possibilities uh, that are in my body. And um, yeah, feeling very open and expansive today. Oh, I love that. I was, people can't see this because it's a podcast, but I dropped my jaw when you said you're on day 15 because so am I. So I feel exactly how you feel right now. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, I know. Hello to the beautiful full moon. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. You mentioned that about ovulation, just before we jump into the topic of the cervix and learning more about who you are and what it is that you do. How do you track your cycle and how do you pinpoint your ovulation? Because I know a lot of people hear, oh, pinpoint ovulation. How does she do that? So how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I use the symptothermal method of fertility awareness. And that's also the method that I teach. And that is a method that uses basal body temperature and cervical mucus and also feeling your cervical position. Now, I'll be honest, like I right now am not in a season where I'm avidly tracking my temperature every single day, uh, but I will generally always track my mucus. And so one way that I know is based on my cervical mucus patterns and looking at when my peak days of mucus are. And then typically once ovulation happens, I don't have that peak stretchy or slippery or watery mucus. Um, And then the way to confirm that would be by taking your temperature because after you ovulate, you make progesterone. 
and progesterone is a warming hormone. It raises our metabolism. So we can see that in a little temperature shift if we take our temperature in the morning. So that's how I know. And uh, I, at this point, I, because, especially because I'm not using it for pregnancy prevention, uh, I, I'm sometimes a little more loosey-goosey, like, oh yeah, I know based on um, the felt signs of ovulation, right? Whether that's energetic or physical symptoms. Um, but yeah, I teach and, and use the symptothermal method. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I do much the same. And I really appreciate how you said, I'm not in the season of tracking my basal body temperature every single day right now. And I love that so much because I feel that sometimes we all have addictive tendencies. And I find that some women, it's more unhealthy to be super anal about tracking your temperature. And it's actually nicer to just surrender to your menstrual or your cyclical experience as opposed to be like I have to apply this masculine approach and so I love that you mentioned that especially as a teacher yeah it's I'm so glad you mentioned that because there's this piece around consent that I talk about a lot around our bodies and also this this world of extraction that we live in and we'll get into this with cervix too like we live in a culture that is so extractive particularly of the female body particularly of the feminine and sometimes we can be doing that to ourselves and with ourselves trying to extract information or be really rigid and so even with a fertility awareness practice I'm always telling like the women I work with like really check in and is it in service to you are you feeling with your body and is it a full yes to be in this practice because to just you know stick my finger inside my vagina feel my cervix because I'm like oh I need to figure out did I ovulate or not you know that's like not it's not the relationship we want to cultivate but it can easily become become that so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Oh, I love this. Okay. I just want to dive into these conversations, but before we do. I know. I get on tangents so easily. (laughs) We have so much in common. Um, I'd love for everyone who's listening to just learn a little bit more about who you are, Kiddis, because I know that you've got such a beautiful name, but I know that some people are like, so who are you? What's the point of me listening to you talk about this? And I think you've got such a beautiful background that leads you into becoming, I guess you could say, you know, like a female health educator, like a radical teacher. Um, yeah. So how did you get into this journey and become this beautiful leader in, you know, supporting womb sovereignty and the cervix? Mm, thank you. Yeah, I'm Kidista Shea or Kidist. Um, my name is Ethiopian and uh, it means blessed. And I come from a lineage of traditional midwives and medicine women. And that is sort of my ancestral initiation into this work. Um, On this plane, I got into this work through two realms. One through birth. I initially became a birth worker in part because of really the racial disparities that I was seeing in my community and how women of color were treated by the obstetric birth system and the medical industrial complex. And then I found that I was also experiencing, um, you know, so many of the things that, that women experience, painful periods, uh, a lot of sort of mysterious pelvic health issues, um, sexual trauma, cervical dysplasia, and I was not getting any answers <laughs> from the Western medical model of care. And I wasn't receiving care that felt 
um, aligned. And after receiving, you know, a lot of fear from, you know, a gynecologist, I said, you know, intuitively, I know that there has to be another way. This is when I was in my, you know, late teens, early 20s. And that really continued to propel me into this path of womb work and womb sovereignty, which looked like um, going into traditional midwifery training and clinical herbalism and studying nutrition. And really my work now is uh, primarily as a teacher and educator that bridges the science and the sacred. So really looking at the female physiology and also all things to do with living in a female body in a way that also honors um, the inherent uh, psycho-spiritual nature of our, of our beings. Uh, and really this comes from this belief and knowing that it's our right, it's our birthright to know how to care for our bodies and to care for each other. And we are so capable. <laughs> We're so capable of understanding our bodies. Uh, both from a mind level, like a knowing of information and from that deeper intuitive space. So yeah, my, my, own, my own journey and really being fed up, which I think is probably true of a lot of, a lot of women in this work, right? Mm -hmm. Is we get into Definitely. it because we go through our own journeys and then we say, wow, how, do, how did we never learn this? You know, how did we not know? And I want others to know too. <laughs> so how can I, how can I share that? Yeah. How can we shout it from the rooftops? Mm -hmm. I love that you said bridges the science and the sacred because, you know, a lot of people who have listened to the show for a, a, like a number of episodes would know that, you know, I studied ancestral health and Ayurveda. So I really love the ancestral lineage of things and how we once lived as opposed to how we live today. And bridging that, that gap is what we need, I feel. Um, mm -hmm. And you're spot on. There are so many rites of passage that are a birthright that are not, you know, integrated into the way of living today. Um, I literally woke up with an, I didn't wake up and look at my Instagram immediately, but this morning I woke up or when I opened Instagram, there was a message from a woman who had just said, look, my daughter's 12 and she just got her period and we haven't prepared you know, do you have any resources that I can help with her with this transition? And my best response to this is, well, educate yourself first so that you know and you live in the cyclical way. So therefore your family can grow up living in a cyclical way for fellow future menstruators or to be women who are processing through menarche. But it's a rite, rite of passage that the education hasn't been passed down for so yeah. many generations that it's been lost. And so I think it's beautiful that you're bringing it back to life. So thank you so much for, mm. for doing that. Now, I'm very excited to talk about the cervix. Yeah. So quickly, just a little run through, like, what is the cervix? Where is the cervix? And why is the cervix important in general? Yeah. First, I just want to name that you know, I hold spaces where so many women are, are a little afraid to ask or ashamed that they don't know about cervix. And to your point about how we've been removed from all of this, it's quite intentional 
that we don't know about our own bodies, right? I always say like, how powerful would we be? And what a threat to existing power Mm -hmm. structures and, you know, structures that really depend on us not knowing our body in order to make profit. Um, How powerful would we be if we really understood our bodies? So just coming with a lot of compassion and, and grace for where we are in our journey and that it's never too late to to start to deepen in this relationship. Um, So cervix physically is the opening to the uterus. So cervix is the part of our womb space that connects the uterus to the vaginal canal. And this is the space that opens to release our menstrual blood. It opens to release cervical mucus, which we kind of mentioned earlier, which is part of what governs our fertility and our fertile window and in the case of conception, keeps sperm alive. And it's also, of course, where babies move through. This is what dilates in in the birth process. And really how I think about cervix is, cervix is the boundary between our inner and our outer world. And it's a site of transformation. It's always shifting and changing. And the womb itself, so the uterus, which is attached to the cervix, or cervix is part of it, moves. It's not static. It moves up and down throughout our cycle. It can shift from side to side. Cervix opens and closes. And this really beautifully dynamic uh, piece of us, I really truly believe is the seat of not only very many parts of our health, but also of our, our creative power. And one, one way that that uh, really got solidified in my knowing is I work with a lot of women who are coming off of hormonal birth control or IUDs, um, either copper or hormonal. And almost every time, I don't know if you've, if you've ever had these conversations, but almost every time women will say, oh, I just feel kind of flattened with the IUD, like I lost my creative spark or my um, erotic power and erotic, not even just meaning sexual power, but like life force. Right. And then as soon as that thing comes out, it's like, whoa, there's more space here. And so there's just so much on the, on the physical and the energetic level, but cervix is uh, yeah, this, this space of birthing and life and death and transformation that is also very key to uh, our menstrual cycle. Oh, I love that. Especially the seed of creative power, because it's, I see it all the time too. You know, a lot of the women I do work with are coming off some form of hormonal birth control mm-hmm. or in the process of preconception. And it's kind of like, a veil has been lifted and or you've been kind of wearing foggy glasses and you take the glasses off and you're like, oh, I can see. Or you get the glasses cleaned, for example. And it's like just having a, a clearer pathway. And obviously, you know, we could link that into having clearer any energy field, having a better Shakti and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything. Um, won't go on a different tangent there. But Thank you so much for sharing. I definitely see that. You mentioned you do work with a lot of women who are coming off either birth control pill um, or some form of IUD. Mm-hmm. What are the some of the changes that a menstrual woman could experience by removing that in their cervix? So what experiences mm-hmm. within their cervix could they experience that are common? Mm-hmm. Just for people to be aware of, to be like, oh, I don't, I'm kind of numb there. I don't feel anything. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Well, it, it so varies, you know, from woman to woman, what the journey is like. For some, I noticed that after the removal of an IUD, there's like this immediate lift in energy. There's more expansion. There's more sensation. There's like th that numbness is gone and more capacity for pleasure and just energy. And it's also quite common for after that removal process for there to actually be pain or inflammation or discomfort, or in the case of hormonal and copper, because I won't go down that rabbit hole, but that has a whole bunch of other, you know, uh, impacts on the systemic uh, body, that there can also be a lot of funky stuff going on emotionally and physically post, uh, post forms of birth control. And that's actually part of the healing response. And part of how we can work with that is by starting to cultivate relationship with cervix again, because for so many of us, probably most women, the only people who are touching our cervix or looking at our cervix are going to be a, a doctor um, or maybe a sexual partner, right? <laughs> So part of this is about returning relationship and, you know, I'm sure we'll get into some of the ways that we, that we can do that. But for anyone out there who has gone through that process and is like, actually, things are not like all oh, flowers and rainbows over here. <laughs> You're not broken, right? You are not broken. This is part of uh, the healing process. And in my work, we often talk about like uh, numbness precedes sensation. And so often if we do have numbness, and this is true, not just, well, this is especially true with cervix, but our, our pelvic bowl in general, if we have numbness, there's often um, feeling that we haven't expressed yet. And so oftentimes we'll move from numbness to pain or discomfort before we get to um, softness and openness and, and potential for pleasure. I love that. That's also really the same in any emotional shift or change. Yeah, we feel numb that like, let's just say you feel scarce about something and you're like, I feel numb to the scarcity. So I don't notice that I feel scarce, but people around you might can, might see that you are like living in scarcity. And mm -hmm. then you go through the pain of releasing the scarcity before you get to the clarity. Um, and it's the first thing that came to mind when you were sharing that is about explant surgery. Um, mm. You know, for a lot of women, it's a bit of a movement at the moment. If you've had breast implants to, you know, have them explanted. Mm -hmm. So withdraw, like taken out. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same. You go through inflammation when that happens. You go through pain through the healing process. doesn't have to be painful, but there is pain yeah. involved. Yeah. And, you know, from that you can gain clarity, but you have to work through you know, the, the shaking and then the sweating for purity. And that's what they say. Um, well, my beautiful yoga teacher always says that when we're shaking, like, do we have to say this posture? <laughs> so yeah, really beautiful. Thank you for touching on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, this, <laughs> I'm like trying to be like, keep, keep it, keep it to the point, you know, because it's so easy to get on the tangent, but I actually think this is so central to cervix work and mm -hmm. to my work in general is uh, creating this capacity to be with sensation. We really live in a culture that um, wants to numb or suppress or avoid sensation. And we feel so that we can heal, right? That we have to actually go through and in it in a gentle and safe way. 
and and that's really true with with cervix work i'm even experiencing it with um another sort of pelvic bowl related thing that's definitely related to the cervix is that, that I had a tailbone injury as a child and haven't experienced any pain there for my whole life until I started really working in just being like, I'm just curious what's here. And now of course it's quite painful, <laughs> right? And so we're trained to think that pain is bad and that it's a problem and it's always going to be there and that we're broken and it's just a big hot mess, right? But we can actually look at pain as a healing response and know how to how to work with it with a lot of love so that we can we can actually be in that sensation and and open it up which you know is is so true even with with menstrual pain right how how often mm -hmm. we just suppress with the pill and then as you know that doesn't actually get to the roots of of what's going on i could not agree more with you on this particular topic i love that you shared your tailbone story because Pain is your friend. Um, Ram Das, you know, has said that many times as many audio recording, recordings of him embracing pain and how befriending your pain is really beneficial. But I couldn't agree more with you about we really have blocked out sensations. And if we just think of such a simple thing, so let's just say you're listening to this and you're like, but I've never really experienced painful periods or I haven't experienced a health challenge that's been painful. If you sit in meditation and you can't even work through the scratch that's on the edge of your nose or the tickle on the side of your neck and you're in seated meditation and you can't be with that sensation, you struggle to be with sensations in your life. And we're taught to avoid pain. And like you said, just take the, the birth control pill to suppress the period pain so you don't have that anymore. Or we're taught to take the aspirin or the painkiller and I'm like, no, no, I'm going to, my body can work through this. And I always like to say, to add to your beautiful comment about, you know, pain being a sensation we can embrace is that pain is a messenger. Like it's your mm -hmm. communication from your body. And if yeah. you're not listening to that, then what else aren't you listening to? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm, I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the nervous system, which does link to yeah. emotion and sensation, yes. but I love how you like to discuss the dis like the relationship between the nervous system and the cervix. So, how does the cervix, the thing that lives down there, have anything yeah. to do with your nervous system? Okay, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Okay, so we have a nervous system, right? We have nerves that run throughout our body that connect our brain to all of our body parts and messages are going in both directions. I think oftentimes we think about like the brain sends a message to my hand so I can pick something up, but my hand is also sensing and sending messages to my brain, right? So we have part of our autonomic nervous system. So the things that happen without our conscious control is we have our sympathetic, our activation or arousal system and our parasympathetic, which maybe in high school we learned as rest and digest, which is partially true and there's more to it than that. But we have something called the vagus nerve. And this is one of 12 cranial nerves that's part of our parasympathetic system that weaves from our brainstem all the way down throughout our body. And unlike many of these other cranial nerves, it dips into all many of our organs. So it dips into the throat and our kidneys and the gut and the very last place in the body where we receive 
uh, blood flow and nerve information from the vagus nerve is the cervix. So the cervix Wow, is quite I did not know that. This yeah, is so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> so the Take cervix, <laughs> I know, the cervix is quite literally the root of our nervous system. And what that means to me, well, a million things, <laughs> but in part, what I think, I think of cervix as kind of like an antenna out in the world, sensing like, is this safe or is this dangerous? And it's not about the conscious mind, right? This is beyond like, uh, I'll, I'll maybe I'll save that example, but this is something that uh, the body is receiving messages all the time. So cervix is receiving feedback from your environment, from your perception, and then telling the brain whether or not we are in a safe state. And so as we start to build relationship with cervix, like I can drop in right now and actually feel into, is my cervix in a relaxed state or is it contracted? And one of the things that's so cool is that we can actually physically see this. If you're like, if you're like me and you're a skeptical person, <laughs> You can actually see this. So one of the things I teach is for women who want to, how to look at your own cervix with a speculum at home and see what's going on. And I have this experience of if I'm in a relaxed state, cervix will be visible. It usually looks like this rounded mound. You can also feel it with your finger, with like a little indent in the middle. And if I have a stress reaction or I'm frustrated or I'm you know, gripping, cervix will shift back and often retract. And so we can watch what you were speaking to, like this emotional connection to our nervous system has a physical impact on our tissues. And so much of what I do is around nervous system regulation and cervix is like, it's, it's the root, it's the key to all of it, especially Right, in our female bodies this is so fucking cool I uh, I'm just laughing at myself because of all the analogies that are floating into my mind about the cervix retracting but there's a really great podcast episode that we have on the show for anyone who's wanting to listen and it's about cervical orgasms with the beautiful um, friend of mine Rosie Reeves um, she talks a lot about the cervix serpent, which is a wand that actually opens up your cervix and helps massage and release energy from your cervix. So if you want to learn more about the orgasmic side, you can go and listen to that episode. But as you're talking about the cervix being soft and open versus retracted, the first thing that popped into my head was a turtle, like thinking about like the turtle leaning in, like, oh, what's out there in the world today? And I'm going to be adventurous. And then it's like, oh, someone's here and I don't want to show myself. And totally. that's kind of what it's like. And of course, if you've been through any type of sexual experience that you may have interpreted as traumatic, let's just say having penetrative sex with um, a male, sort of a heterosexual experience where the male enters you and you're not yet ready for that, the cervix is going to retract naturally. Mm -hmm. And I think like it's just kind of clicking into place, but what you've mentioned, Kiddest, about the amount of women who feel like their cervix is hard like a rock. Yeah. And they're like, it's just, it's so hard to touch and it's painful to touch and it's tender. I'm thinking that's a good sign that your body's like, hey, we should talk to the cervix. And this would yeah. be a really good time to build a relationship with your cervix. What would you say 
to women who do have tension in their cervix? Like what can they do to support mm-hmm. and bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, as you say that, I'm just hearing women being like tension in my cervix. Like how would you what? even feel? Like that? <laughs> totally. So it could also be numbness too. Right. And it may even be your whole pelvic bowl. So even right now, if you're listening, if you just take a breath and drop your awareness into your belly and then drop your awareness even lower into the top of your pelvic bowl and then just notice, can you relax your glutes? Can you relax your inner thighs? Can you relax your vaginal canal and your vulva? And can you visualize your womb starting to just soften and drop down? Maybe even on your inhale, feeling your vulva extend away from you. And on your exhale, feeling that gentle pullback. So if anywhere in there, you notice there was something to relax, like, oh yeah, I'm holding a little bit, right? That's contraction, which most of us walk around all day (laughs) with. Yeah, we really do. Most people, most women, especially um, interesting conversation to have with my partner and one of my best friends, Dan, male. So we were hiking and I asked the question to them about, you know, body image. And for women, it's kind of the general thing as we age, we get self-conscious about certain things like my hair going gray or like my boobs sagging or getting wrinkles on my face, whatever it might be. And I was like, what is it for men? And they said, look, for girls, it's always about your ass and your legs. And that for men, it's always about their belly. And I was like, this is really interesting because I feel, to bring the tangent back, is that I really feel that a lot of women feel very self-conscious about their bellies. Oh, and so cute. naturally they are sucking in yes. and they're holding on and they're using, you could call it mulabunda, you could call it your pelvic floor yep. muscles. And by yep. doing that, you're naturally retracting your cervix. That's what I think. Yes. Is that, is that yes. true? Totally. You so it's kind of like, you're like, your, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even right now, if you're wearing pants, just take your, take your fingers and move your pants away from your belly and see like how much more space or what sensation is different. Right. Let like uh, I sit out there. Like, <laughs> yep. One of my friends, um, serendipity, she says like, wear your pants so low that they're like below your pubes. Like, <laughs> because we're, we're honestly constricting our uterus. We're totally constricting our uterus by doing that. And mm-hmm. it's just so normalized. And then we add in our culture of, like you said, even yoga culture, which is really, as you know, like primarily the origins were for the male body. And yep. yes, there's so many beautiful things we can learn, but a lot of the cues like tucking our tailbone and constantly engaging the pelvic floor. And then we add things like Kegels, which don't even get me started, right? We're just taking- Can a- I get you started? <laughs> <laughs> you can. Um, Okay, I'll come back to the Kegels. But yeah, so pelvic floor, um, and you mentioned Kegels to do with um, like restriction and traction. Yeah, 
we're taking an already constricted and retracted uh, baseline for most of us, right? And then adding more constriction and, and tension. Mm. And that absolutely affects the cervix. So back to your original question of what do we do? <laughs> right? What can Love we a do tangent. This? Love a tangent, but it's all, it's all part of it. What can we do? The first is just, I think, breath practice. Everyone wants to grab their wand and grab an egg and do something that looks really sexy and glamorous. And I'm like, no, don't start there. On trend. Yeah. Go buy something. Nope. Breathe. It's all starting with the breath. And if we could all practice diaphragmatic breathing, right? Breathing that that inhale that expands the ribs and that we can feel like we should be able to feel our pelvic bowl expand and retract with every breath. If you notice when you breathe that your breath isn't getting all the way down to your yoni and all the way down to your vulva, that's a good indication of like, okay, I'm going to just start there. (laughs) Just start with breath. Mm -hmm. Another one that's hands off is steaming. I love yoni steaming. steam. Yeah. Yeah. Because that passageway, that nervous system, when we steam, we're oxygenating and recirculating blood flow to the womb and it's reaching cervix. <laughs> and so cervix is then going to send messages up that vagus nerve to the brain to say, you're safe here. Because it doesn't matter how much we say, okay, I'm safe. Like, just relax. Right. It's like when someone's like, just relax, you know, you want to punch something (laughs) (laughs) or them (laughs) or them. Right. So like we have to go through the body first and that's why I'm like breath steaming, anything that's going to bring softness to that space. That's not by force, not by going through the mind is a really beautiful place to start. Then once we grow that capacity, then we can start working with our hands and self-touch and slowly creating like, like you said, in sitting in seated meditation and you have an itch, right? And then you're like, oh, it's like, can, can you hold one finger on your cervix for 10 seconds and just breathe and be with it? Can you do it for a minute and just breathe and be and let numbness or discomfort or emotional releases or pain or pleasure like whatever it is can you let it be so that it can move and shift and change i'm interrupting this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my brand new signature membership program the well woman academy would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle understand ovulation master menstruation and live cyclically well your menstrual cycle membership is here. The Well Woman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving for your cycle. Yep, it's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day each month, you'll access over 150 live self-paced educational classes and cyclical specific learning modules across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Not to mention every membership gives back with the menstrual cups to menstruators in need thanks to our commitment with the COVA project. Join me and women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as we awaken your cycle, reconnect your body, and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.wellsome.com forward slash academy. I'm loving this conversation so much. I also feel that it 
by opening up your cervix, like you mentioned, it's a pathway, it's a gateway to a whole new, like another dimension, um, kind of like the matrix. But <laughs> when you think of opening your cervix and connecting with your cervix, it amplifies so much. So it doesn't just amplify your orgasmic experience, but it amplifies the sensation. So it's actually going to bring you closer towards feeling orgasm or feeling in like penis to vaginal connection or feeling the birth of your child and connecting with your cervix when you're going through childbirth, which is a whole other topic we could talk about. But having a relationship with your cervix is so important. And I love that you mentioned about breath work because I feel that you can't monetize breath work. You have the breath. It's the cheapest thing you can do for your health. It's free and it doesn't weigh anything. You can pack it with you everywhere you go. (laughs) And so it's a tool that we always have anywhere. And I think that it is always the foundation. In fact, yoga's foundation is the breath. And everything else comes from that. And I'm in the process of writing a cyclical yoga course for yoga teachers to learn how to incorporate cyclical yoga for the menstrual cycle and the different phases of the cycle based on things like the cervix and the breath and allowing and then, you know, receiving and all of these bits and pieces. But the breath is the start. And if you can't even expand into your breath work, and I made a note to say base chakra because our base, which is so many things like just intertwine and connect with this. You mentioned that the cervix is like the end and the root of your nervous system. It's also the same placement as your base chakra, which is the root of your energetic force. And it's the where energy lays dormant if it's not awakened, um, awakened, I should say, or awoken. But yeah, it's just like everything is clicking into place. It makes so much sense. So if you listen to this and this doesn't make sense, you're going to have to re-listen to this episode. <laughs> I love that you bring in the base chakra and, you know, we think about what the base chakra holds. It's like survival and safety, right? Is sort of the foundation. And so that's why pelvic work is the foundation to everything else. I don't care if it's digestive or uh, psychological or anything else, like we have to start at the root. And this is why when I talk about nervous system regulation um, and even like really the purpose of my work is how can we cultivate the inner and the outer resources to really be in our power and our sovereignty, which can be um, challenging in a world where there's so much pushback, right? And there's so much Uh, so many people who want to tell you how and what you should do. And I think especially as women, right, we are socialized to appease. We're socialized to bend and contort ourselves and to uh, abandon really ourselves. And you can know all of the things you can, you know, listen to all of the podcasts, read all of the books, get all of the information. But if your nervous system doesn't have the capacity to hold sensation, to hold the sensation of your doctor being like, oh, fertility awareness, that's never going to work. You better go on the pill, otherwise you're going to get pregnant. Or to have someone be like, oh, you're using, following this lifestyle, like you're a bad person, right? If you can't hold that in your system, it doesn't really matter what you know or not. And so cervix, even though like we can talk about cervical health and dysplasia and all of that things, but really working with cervix is about 
growing this capacity to hold sensation in our bodies and, and holding what is true for us without bending, right? Like being with that scratch on your neck and observing it, being like, I can, I can hold this. I can be with it. I love all of this. Like my heart is like, oh my God, I'm in love with this conversation. Um, it just, it even comes back kids to the fact that we live in such a disposable world and we do the opposite of hold space for where we are and embrace, like, here's a great example. My partner often says to me, oh my God, we have no food. There's nothing to eat. I'm like, babe, we have a whole fridge of farmer's market food and a pantry is well stocked. Like, what is your problem? (laughs) You know, because we live in a consumable lifestyle where we just want things quick and easy and we don't even have the capacity to be like, you know what? I have everything that I need. Do I need more clothes? No, I have everything that I need. Do I need a new blah, 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 blah? No, I have everything that I need. And I think that you know, that even just that relationship with ourselves could be linked into the relationship with our cervix, which for most people is like, that's too far advanced to kind of even fathom (laughs) that those things are connected. But you're spot on our base chakra and feeling supported and held and nurtured, you know, that's going to be what opens up our our cervix and to open up a little can of worms that we don't have to dive into because I want to mm-hmm. dive into the candle, um, the candle, <laughs> the can of worms for Kegels. Uh-huh. But yeah. Imagine if every woman in preconception care mm-hmm. listed out, you know, the steps or the, the ways they can connect with their cervix, how much that may transform their laboring and birthing experience if mm-hmm. that was incorporated in preconception care like yes and but there's no fucking money to make from it so of course they're not going to sell you that on the shelf <laughs> anyway that's a damn yeah. yeah your, your breath yeah your breath and your hands are your healers are your best mm. tools and I did a podcast with this with my friend Saima, who's in the UK recently uh, uh, on my podcast around how we bleed is how we birth, like how we relate to the menstrual cycle, how we embody our pelvic bowl is so indicative of how we can move through the birth process. And it's actually exactly part of the reason I got so obsessed with this topic is because I was working in birth and I'd work with women who primarily wanted a quote unquote natural birth, who would learn all the things and take the classes. And then they'd get to their labor. And the minute their provider said, Oh, looks like we need to induce you or, Oh, I think your baby's too big for you to birth. Oh, looks like we, they would immediately go into that fawning, like, Oh, okay. Response. I'd be like, what's going on here? You know all of this. But it was that body piece. It was that, you know, retract Mm -hmm. fear, like this is a dangerous scenario. And I want to name that, like, I have so much compassion for that. It's a very adaptive response. And if we do this work, if we build a relationship, we can notice that and be like, oh, I'm having a bit of a retracted, contracting response here. And it doesn't have to be what runs us. We don't have to yep. run that pattern. So I said I wasn't going to go down the tangent, but you said it to we me. Could so totally I took it. Yeah. Just <laughs> do a whole episode on that and totally. the cervix and birth and preparation, because I think that that, um, if you're up for it, maybe another time we can do that. But I think it's such a, Love that. you know, myself, I, I'm yet to birth 
children. Um, I've been pregnant before, but I haven't birthed. And I think that it's such an interesting conversation because most women have no idea about anything to do with their womb space until they enter the, okay, let's come off the contraceptive pill now and we're ready to have a family. And you're like, hang on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a lot of stuff to do here. (laughs) And that's why for some, it doesn't happen straight away. And I think that that could definitely be a conversation we could dive into, but Let's talk about the can of worms with Kegels. What are your thoughts on Kegels versus Yoni eggs or Yoni eggs and Kegels? Because I know some people are like, oh, they're different. Some people are like, they're the same. Um, What are your thoughts on connecting with your Yoni space? So, you know, vaginal canal, vulva space before we get to the cervix. What do you think of those techniques and tools and the relationship with the cervix? Do they help? Do they hinder? Do they support? Give us the rundown. Okay. So first I just want to name that I am not your authority, not nobody's authority. Right. And I also support sovereignty. So I am in support of women doing whatever they want to with their bodies. (laughs) So just name that. And there's not one right or wrong way. That said, the thing, the, the, um, critique that I have a lot of these tools that are very popular right now, like Kegels, like Yoni eggs, Um, is one to what we were speaking to before, which is that most of us are already starting from what's called a hypertonic state where our our pelvic bowls are already uh, mostly contracted. And so when you take a contracted state and then you add something like a yoni egg where the idea is that you are holding around, right? You're contracting your muscles around this yoni egg, or in the case of Kegels, you're doing a contract release, contract release. It can cause more harm than good for many women. Um, And I've seen this, I had three women this past year who messaged me who said, "I, I tried using a yoni egg and it got stuck. I realized I was in such a contracted state. I had to really do a lot of work to get it out. Right. And that's like, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Most of us mm. are walking around like <laughs> already. Holding so on, stressing. Yeah. And that's not, duh, oh my God, my mind is going in a thousand directions. That's yeah. everything. Holding on to like relationships yep. that we've moved on from, but holding on to emotion, holding on to stress from work, holding yeah. on to the resentment that so-and-so didn't do the thing in the way that I like the thing done. Okay, so we're gripping emotionally, physically, we grip a lot. So the other piece around this is understanding physiology, which is that um, we think that a strong muscle is a tight muscle, which is not true. So tight, like you don't want a tight pussy that actually is not particularly adaptive. Tight doesn't mean strong. And one of my friends, um, Adelaide Meadow of Small Magic Birth talks about this quite brilliantly and that muscles can either be locked long or locked short. There's really no, no such thing as a tight muscle. And when we are trying to be develop strength, right? Which is a good thing. Like, yes, we want to have tone and strength in our pelvic bowl. It's actually foundational to our health. So I think there's good intention around some of the things like Kegels and eggs and things like that. But in order to get to strength, we actually have to start with release. Mm -hmm. So we have to start with, can, do we have the capacity to totally release? And so Kegels to me, I, 
I am like, don't just, just leave, leave it alone for right now. But if you're going to do them, the idea is to do them to, as a barometer of, can you contract and fully release? Because our pelvic diaphragm is intended to move like a jellyfish. So most of us, when we do Kegels, yeah, most of us, when we do Kegels, we're just like squeezing in, right? We're just squeezing in. How we're intended to move is that when you breathe, when you breathe in on our inhale, we actually relax and open. And when we exhale, we, we pull in and up. So it's not tightening like you're closing a door. It's that you're lifting in and up. And if you do it right now and you feel like the highest point that you're lifting up to, that's your cervix. You're lifting up to your cervix. And then you want to release and release all the way. So I actually think step one, <laughs> I'm trying to make this as short as possible. Step one would be, can you inhale and feel your pelvic bowl and your vulva relax? And then on the exhale, actually hold that relaxation. Don't suck in, just hold it. And practice inhaling to release. Exhale, actually hold that release. Can you just start to hold some softness? Then you can start to get into like, what does it look like to actually build strength? I do think there are some women who, who can work with those tools, who know how to work with those tools in a way that doesn't compromise the integrity of the body. But this all comes, last thing I'll say, this all comes back to extraction. So if you feel called to get a yoni egg and do Kegels, just think about why, right? Why do you want that? Is it because of some proposed ideal, right? Is it because of what someone has told you is good or what your vagina should be able to do or because it looks good, right? Or you think it's going to fix you? Those are all signs that it's an extractive move. And we can just notice that and be like, oh, yeah, okay, right? And if that's the case, maybe it's not the right time. (laughs) So we could do a whole podcast episode on that as well, but I I hope that. (laughs) We totally could. No, this is really good. I, um, my ex, we were together for, you know, around five years and he is a strength and conditioning, um, coach to elite and Olympic level athletes. And I've attended like seven Olympic training camps. Mm. And it's so interesting because one of the core foundations for athletes is you stretch twice as much as you move or exercise or train. And it's very interesting because how many people go to the gym and they go to the gym for say an hour, do they stretch for two hours? And if you think, well, if I'm going to focus on 30 minutes of Kegel exercises, are you focusing on an hour of opening and releasing? Um, So I'm just going to let us leave that little seed there, but it just, it all links in so beautifully. And I think that, you know, our ground and base is all about, fluidity and I always just think of the roots of trees is that they're Mm. strong and they're stable but they're also fluid and I've said this so many times in my well woman academy container have you ever seen a tree like don't you blow me over (laughs) it's like the trees just surrender why can't we do that too um this is so beautiful thank you for having these conversations yeah thank you for that a couple of questions because I know we're almost out of time we could just totally keep going but (laughs) I know 
You mentioned earlier about looking at your cervix. So mm. if someone is listening to this and they're like, oh, Kit has mentioned that you could look at your cervix and you could see when it's like softening and opening and then retracting. How does one look at their cervix? What things do they need to do that? And is there yeah. a process that they could maybe begin just as an introductory to doing this? Totally. Yeah. So first I will name that you don't need to look at your cervix, right? Biologically, we're not designed for cervix to be visible to us. And so that tells me like, it's, it's not a must for some of us. It's not, doesn't feel good or right. And for others, myself included, it can be part of a reclamation of um, really the culture of pap smears and boundary violations and and often medical abuse uh, that is involved in how we um, relate to our bodies and our cervix. So the way that we see our cervix is with a speculum, right? Which some of us, if we've received PAPs have probably seen, which is either a metal or a plastic tool. It has this little duck bill that's used to insert vaginally and then slowly open so we can see cervix. And this is something that you can do at home. You can actually do this for yourself. And I always suggest that if you're interested in that, that you start with your hands and start with touch and explore touching and feeling your cervix. So in the shower is a nice place to do that, right? Again, in consent with your body, um, feeling with your finger up into the back of your vaginal canal and feeling around for that smooth rounded mound the little indent, right? Which is your cervix. And most of us think that our cervix is right midline in the body, but many of us have a tilted uterus. So you might have to feel like feel to the left, feel to the right, feel to the back, feel to the front. So that's kind of step one. And if you are interested in looking at your cervix, so uh, there's a couple resources. So the beautiful cervix project uh, is one resource, um, and I'll, I'll give you a link so you could put that in the show notes, and you can purchase a little cervical self-exam kit that comes with a speculum and a little flashlight, um, and that's one way that you can do this. And if you want a more guided experience, about once per quarter, so three to four times a year, I host the cervix celebration, which is a virtual like half-day event uh, where we do a collective Yoni STEAM we learn all about cervix as well as things like HPV and cervical dysplasia, which I imagine some of your listeners have experienced. I've gone through it as well um, and learn how we can actually address our cervical health. And then I guide you through a cervical self-touch and um, if you want to, how to look at your cervix. Uh, but I, I found it really powerful to be able to take this process that um, was really very scary and I had no control over, I felt was outside of me and be able to say like, actually I can look at my own body (laughs) and see and interpret and understand what's going on internally. And gosh, it's given me so much um, power. And even when it comes to sex as well. So many of us don't know where our cervix is and it can even support our, our intimacy as well and our relationship there just by knowing where cervix is and, and feeling her and all these things. So yeah, so many possibilities there. So many possibilities and I concur. It definitely, um, it amplifies, I feel your intimacy, your sexual intimacy with yourself and also with a partner, you know, 
my partner, Brenton, he always knows where I am in my cycle based on the placement of my cervix because I've taught him, you know, okay, well, this is a good time to maybe try this posture or this position as opposed to this. And that actually means that sex is never the same. You can actually change it up and move it around based on just your cervix. And I think that is so beautiful. Um, you know, we haven't really talked about the cervix position for every phase of your cycle, which could just be another whole episode, but I think just for everyone listening, embracing your cervix, if you were listening to kids talk about how to look at your own cervix and you're like, oh my God, I can't do it. Then what she means by sovereignty is like, that's not in alignment for you right now. So don't force yourself to do something you don't feel called to really listen to yourself and ask yourself, am I feeling called to do this? And if you're like, oh, my God, I want to get that kit and I want to explore this, I'd love to connect with it, then do it. So, like, I just wanted to say that because I feel that some people can't recognize whether it's in alignment or not in alignment. So if it's... Don't open that up. That's a whole... (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole new world. Um, I feel that so many of us do things just because we think we have to like I think I need to eat breakfast or I think I have to go to the gym or I really should you know do this ritual or whatever it is but you know your body knows so listen to your Mm -hmm. body I've absolutely loved having these conversations with you Mm -hmm. thank you so much to wrap up the conversation about cervix before I ask your final podcast question I know you mentioned some ways to help look at your cervix but to summarize, what are three to five ways um, a woman can learn to embrace and connect with their cervix if they're doing it for the very first time? They're like, I don't even know what this thing is. What are simple things they can do? I have a feeling we've already mentioned a bunch of them, but to yeah. summarize it, yeah, um, what would they be? I feel like the breath is going to be the first one. <laughs> yep, breath is going to be the first one. And I have a I have a free little short meditation on tapping into cervix. So I can link that as well uh, in the show notes if you're like, I don't even know where my cervix is. And part of it is about just surrendering that need to understand with the mind and just practicing being with the breath and the body. And you'll start to cultivate that relationship. So diaphragmatic breathing particularly feeling the inhale, extend the pelvic bowl and the exhale, that natural contraction, that's step one. And I will say like, I work with so many women and we talk about cervix as a decision-making tool. And we recently were talking about embodied desire around food to the point where you can go to the fridge and be like, okay, what do I want to eat? And actually drop into cervix and feel like, where is their opening? Where is their retraction? Where is there a yes? Where is there a no? So breath, breath is huge. Um, steaming. I actually think steaming is one of my favorite practices for cervical connection. Again, because you don't have to force it through the mind. You can sit, allow the steamy water and herbs, right? To penetrate the vagina and the cervix. And that will gently start to send more awareness to the brain communication that like this is a safe space so that you can start to open. So that plus the breath, that alone is huge. Um, And I'm happy to share steaming resources as well. And then another one is that self-touch, especially if you are interested in tracking your cycle and, uh, fertility awareness and a really great place to do this too is kind of combining these in the shower so one thing that you can do in the shower is 
kind of imagine like most of us have seen birth videos, right? Or a woman in labor, but to really like go in the shower and move your hips and let out sound, like relax your jaw because your jaw is also connected to your cervix, uh, which we didn't even get there. But when we do the like ah and oh sounds, that's actually all the way connected to, with fascia, with connective tissue, all the way to our pelvic bowl. So get in the shower, breathe, make sound. And if you want to start to feel with your finger, can you start to feel where cervix is, right? Even just for a moment um, and starting to do that regularly. And you'll start to feel how cervix moves and shifts in your cycle. If you just do it once, it'll be like, okay, well, that was cool. But if you do it all the time, you'll start to notice, oh yeah, I'm ovulating and I can feel cervix more open or I'm about to bleed and cervix is so low in the vaginal canal. Um, so that would be that would be another. And uh, in general, hands-on self-touch is so huge. And it doesn't even have to be cervix. It could be self-abdominal massage, um, the pelvic mapping, so touching our whole pelvic bowl, the vulva, and internally, and starting to just get the sen that sensation practice of being with our own tissues uh, is, again, a whole other rabbit hole, but so vital to our female health and a beautiful way to start connecting in with cervix as well. Oh, these are all so juicy and I'm really feeling called to make my own yoni steaming seat. Like last year, I was like, I'm going to make after I DIY built a van, I decked out a van. I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to build my own yoni seat. And anyway, the year got away from me and I didn't build my yoni seat. And so I'm feeling like, you know what, this is, I feel like that's what I'm going to achieve in the next couple of months. I'm just going to get connected with all the stuff that I can make and build and, you know, create that myself. So thank you for inspiring Beautiful. me with that. Um, I, I think just on some of the notes you mentioned, they're all so easy and they're generally free to do. Like mm -hmm. you don't need a lot. And I think to summarize, like the last point is just embrace, start to embrace sensations. So thank you yep. for encouraging and inspiring us all to do that today. Mm -hmm. Um, and sharing your beautiful tips on how to connect you with your cervix. So for anyone who's listening to this and they're like, I need to see this woman's face and I need to like <laughs> learn more about what she does. How can yeah. um, everyone connect with you kids? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at the Um, And I'm generally fairly responsive to messages there. And there's so much information and learning happening there. And then I offer a year long container, the womb room community, which is a container for women's health and sovereignty. And we really dive deeply into uh, body literacy, embodiment practice, radical self-responsibility and cultivating these skills. Um, and that's a mixture of there's self-guided courses on there, including a whole course on cervical healing, uh, because I know many women like myself have experienced, um, yeah, just disconnection as well as dis-ease in the cervix. And then we meet live on the new and the full moon um, for uh, community and gathering to to learn and embody and really come home to how is it that we can actually be fully in our power and sovereignty when it comes to our female health.
So uh, you can find all of that and my podcast, as well as lots of free resources uh, at thewombroom.co. Amazing. Well, I'm going to pop all of those links in the show notes so everyone can directly find you. you. Um, now, final podcast. We've gone so over time. But final podcast question I ask every guest, and I'm very excited to hear what your answer is going to be is change gears completely. I want you to think back to your menarche rite of passage. So your first <laughs> menstrual experience. She's like, oh, don't make me go there. But I want you to just reflect and share with us what are three things that you wish you had have known then that you now know today? I wish I had known that I was the ultimate authority in and of my own body. I wish I had known that we were designed to move through all the stages of our life in a female body in community and with other women. And I wish I would have known that it is safe and healthy and responsible and beautiful to actually know how to care for your own body and that if that you have a right to receive care that is in alignment with your values and your truth and your power i love them they're so beautiful thank you i don't even have anything else to add i can't add anything else to that um thank you so much for joining us for this episode i've loved having you on the show i'd love to have you back we could easily talk about kegels cervix and childbirth <laughs> i didn't even talk about hpv and cervical dysplasia i know so if, if you're open to it would love to have you back um because thank you so much for joining us and sharing your very valuable time and wisdom and guidance with us i know everyone will love this episode as much as i did um chatting with you for it mm, thank you so much Gemma. i'm so appreciative and it's so fun to talk with you and really grateful for all the work you do and thank you for having me Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode Share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 